This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball talk is back. The Miami Marlins around the horn is on Fox Sports 940 Miami. Yeah, you got that yummy, yummy, yummy. Welcome on back. It is February 17th. I'm Kyle Seeloff. This is Around the Horn, week seven of eight for us. We are winding down, hopefully, Major League Baseball. And the union talks are ramping up, and we can play a little ball here soon. Uh, but anyways, it's always great to be with you, and thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, one of my favorite broadcasters here in South Florida, Craig Minervini, joins us this evening. Craig, buddy, uh, it's great to see you. I thank you for doing this. Let me first say, Craig, my condolences to you. I know you've had a rough week, the passing of the legendary Chumley, but how you doing it's great to see you i always look forward to this time of year and getting an opportunity to see you and chat a little baseball thanks pal it, it, it has been a rough week i think many of us are pet owners out there and we could all relate to this unfortunately and uh as paul severino told me earlier this week grief is love with nowhere to go so it's been a very tough week i had a great friend oh and uh what are you gonna do and that's profound okay. i know here's a good wasn't it uh, jim valvano said you know, a good cry and a good laugh, and, and that makes a great day, right? What was it? If so, you uh, laugh and you cry, and there was one other thing every day. Other, what was the other one? You laugh, cry, so I think maybe some inspirational moment or some prayer or something to that effect. Yeah. Um, you, you had a, That's a good day. And then sometimes tears are joy, and, and they're, they're combined, Kyle, really, if you think about it. Um, the reason it hurts is because he had so much love. I hear you. And that's, by the way, that's profound by Seve, Craig. Do you think he made that up or did he find that? No. He told me his wife gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, again, Craig, I'm, I'm sorry. I know it's, it's one he of the... He couldn't come up with something that good. I, I, I hear um, you. But uh, I'm sorry, buddy. I know I know it's hard. You got no problem. I, 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 it's good to talk about, too, because I think it is something we all relate to. And as, uh, as Chumley's sidekick said back in the, the cartoon... <laughs> Uh, Tennessee tuxedo will not fit. So you got to move on. And it'll take me some time, but thank you for, for, for bringing it up in, um, in memory of Chuck. Uh, hey, you've uh, you've been down here a long time, bud. What year are you in covering South Florida sports? Not just Marlins. Uh, about 33, 34 years. 33? I came, down in, I came down here in August of 1989. Uh, a friend of mine that I worked with at my first job, which was in a little place called Oak Hill, West Virginia, uh, was an anchor man at Channel 25 up in West Palm Beach. And he said, hey, we got a sports opening down here. And um, so that's when I first came with ABC Station in, in West Palm Beach. So that was 1989. I just left the World Wrestling Federation and was back uh, as a manager slash voice of the Eastside Comedy Club, bringing on, you know, ladies and gentlemen, here he comes, Ray Romano. You know, and, and got to work with all those comedians, you know, and, 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 and wait, and believe me, Kyle, this is funny to say, one of the most fun jobs I've ever had, wait, waitering at a comedy club. It was a great gig, you hear all those jokes, you, I, I still tell a million of those stupid jokes, you know, to, to this day, so. 
Who was your inspiration growing up broadcasting? Why'd you get into it? Well, that, that's an easy one for me because it has to be <laughs> the great Bob Murphy, the Hall of Fame voice of the New York Mets. Back with the lineups and batting orders in just a moment. First, though, this message. Uh, Bob Murphy was my inspiration and Marv Albert. And uh, I did get into the Marv Albert sound like uh, a contest as a youngster uh, at Syracuse. Uh, actually, run. And I finished third, which was disappointing. Uh, because, Kyle, the winner, and it was my senior year of college, got to go on live at 5 with Marv, which is on WNBC, and do a Nick game with him. And I was thinking, man, I'm 21. I'm coming out of college. What better thing for my tape than that with Marv Albert, uh, my hero? You know, I have a letter from him I sent to him. So those two are my big inspirations. I guess I knew I was a pretty good athlete, but I was never going to make it as an athlete. My dad was a monster sports fan. We watched all the games really closely, even since the time I was – I was seven or eight years old and I still have my baseball cards from my, as a kid. And so that was, my dad was a great sportsman. Uh, he loved, he loved the hockey, the two sports that I work in primarily uh, with hockey and baseball, but he loved football too. Wasn't a big basketball fan. He always said the last two minutes of the game, that's all we need. Uh, but I, I became, as you know, Kyle, when you go to Syracuse university, you become a basketball fan. Mm. If you're not already. And so that was great. I did watch the Knicks growing up too. So actually I worked the heat game the other night, which was fun. And, so and I think it was my dad to answer your question, and then and then the, the guys I mentioned, Murph and, and Marv Albert. So you come down here, and you're here. You've seen it all from the Marlins side, Craig, and you've covered them for many, many years. Uh, here's, here's, a, here's a question. This is a tough ask, but if I ask you right now, a fondest Marlins memory, what first comes to mind? Ooh, wow, tough one. Uh, probably uh, clinching the championship in 2003 because i was working with the team i was involved in the coverage and i was in the in other words not the playoffs but clinching the uh the national league east and being in that clubhouse uh, actually let me take that back 97 i'm talking about 97 when they clinched uh, at the world series certainly and in being in the clubhouse for the champagne you know, because mm-hmm. we were live on Channel 6. The, the World Series in 1997 was on NBC Sports. And we were the NBC affiliate, WTVJ Channel 6 in Miami. I got to go to virtually every game. Uh, all the playoff games. I think I missed one because I had to cover a Dolphin game. And that was the game LeVon Hernandez had that incredible game with Eric Gregg and all those strikeouts against the Braves. But other than that, I was, I was in Atlanta. I, did the, I was on the stage in the locker room. Uh, afterward, you know, getting all the guys. So I would say those moments are the best because it's it's the ultimate. It was the championship. However, uh, the 03 team, because then I started working with the team, it was exciting and it's all right, but we didn't do the playoffs. Right. So clinching was fun and being around the team was fun, but I wasn't there for, for the, you know, the moments that uh, everybody remembers. Here, here's another one for you. I love asking broadcasters this because I think aspiring broadcasters come out of college and if they're in a professional setting, a locker room, a clubhouse, a dressing room, whatever you want to call it, it can be uncomfortable. Go all the way back. Who's the one person, player, coach, manager, executive that made you feel comfortable working in sports when you were younger that made you feel like, I can do this and I can belong in this industry? Um, another great question. Um, maybe I, I'm going to go back to um, Dick McPherson, who is the head football coach of Syracuse University. He was a warm New England guy, and um, he just made you feel, you know, 
Well, and he liked to use your name. Well, Craig, as you know, you know, the tight end. And uh, the problem was with Dick was that he used your name. And I called him one morning for our WAER morning sports guest. I like doing the morning drive because it was, it was hot. The news was, you know, nobody knew the scores. We'd have phones to check the scores. Afternoon drive, everybody knew. So I didn't mind getting up at five in the morning, going to WAER. So I called Coach Mack. I think we went on at seven. I call him at six thirty. He's in the office. He doesn't know me per se personally, although I've dealt with him. You know, I'm a I'm a student broadcaster. So I call him. I said, Coach, just a couple of minutes. Roll the tape. The old fashioned tape is reeling around on a reel, mm-hmm. and we would cut it with a razor blade and tape it together. That's how you got your sound and put it on these carts. So anyway, we call him up. Unfortunately, Dick thought I said my name was Fred Minervy. <laughs> And so I said, Dick, what about you playing Boston College? What about the t- – well, Fred, as you know, that tight end is very tough. We've got to watch the ground game, Fred. And then, Fred, when you look at their defense, that's another – so he goes on and on. I'm like, oh, my God, it's 10 to 7. I got a sports guy. There's no way I can cut out the Freds at this point. I think I got an exclusive. Now I got a problem. So I had to go on the air going and, – and Coach McPherson talked to our friend Jackson about today's game. No. Well, Fred, as you know. Oh, God. But probably Coach Mack. Hey, there have been so many guys. You know, really, I mean, Jeff Conine comes to mind. Josh Beckett, believe it or not, was, was a, you know, became friendly with. Back early in my career, I remember the first game I ever covered. I was in West Virginia. I was a Mets fan in West Virginia, working on the air. The Mets come to Pittsburgh. You know, I always dreamed as a kid, looking at the, the media on the field going, oh, my God, how lucky are they? Or when I'm in freezing New York and I see the sportscasters at, at spring training and it's sunny. And beautiful. They get to cover a baseball game. Are you kidding me? You can make a living doing that. And so for me, when the Mets came to Pittsburgh, I went up there with a cameraman. Now, who cares in southern West Virginia about the New York Mets? Me, Craig Bender. I'm the only guy, probably. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were Reds fans. But I wanted to do a story in the amazing 86 Mets. It was the first time I was ever on a major league field. And I told the person shooting, I said, "Shoot, shoot shots of me on the field just for me. And I was like a kid in a candy store. And I watched, I was like sitting, looking around at Three Rivers Stadium. Not a great stadium, but to me it was great. And interviewing Davey Johnson and, and all those guys from that team. And it was exciting. And then I did a couple of parts on the Mets. And my news director was like, why are we doing all that Mets? A great team this year. A team to beat. It got by somehow. Was your yeah. first love radio? Probably was, right? Yes, because um, at Syracuse we did mostly play-by-play. Mm. I actually was the sports director of what they called UUTV my junior year. It was nothing fancy. We would tape this guy's 630 news. The editing was lousy. We use his highlights. And very often before the director punched our face back, you'd see the local sports guy's face, you know. <laughs> it was very sloppy. Uh, so most of it was it was WAR radio. We got to do play-by-play of football. You had to get cleared. Um, a big thing for us was in um, one summer, uh, we were all going for the Chiefs job. It was AAA. It was on our campus mm. station. Think of the opportunity. Uh, and I was lucky enough to join Greg Papa, Sean McDonough. You may not have heard of these guys. Uh, another guy named Gary Mendel. The four of us did the games for 14 bucks a game. Wow. That's what we got paid. And then one of us would do public address at the home mm. game. So two on the radio, one public address. Every now and then there'd be a problem. PA guy would also do play-by-play. And on the air, you might hear, now pitching for the Chiefs, 43, Mark Bumback. Oh, you know, he's supposed to be doing play-by-play. 
You're never short of stories. That's why I love you, Craig. Hey, uh, time now for tonight's starting lineup and around the horn presented by Nudge, the official coffee snack of the Miami Marlins in Lone Depot Park. You can do the undoable. Two more conversations tonight. I'm not going to spoil the second one, but it's a it's a it's a conversation with a trio of folks that are uh, new to the Miami Marlins organization. Coming up shortly, a converted catching prospect, Bennett Hostetler, will join us. So, uh, Craig, stand by. You're going to be back with us shortly when we come back. My conversation with Marlins prospect Bennett Hostetler you're listening to Around the Horn right here on Fox Sports 940 Miami and the iHeartRadio okay picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road with available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating my whole family can head deep into the wild conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Miami Marlins Around the Horn Show with Kyle Seeloff is on Fox Sports 940 Miami. Welcome back to Around the Horn on Fox Sports 940 Miami and the iHeartRadio app this evening. I'm Kyle Seeloff. Craig Minervini is with us tonight. And how would you like a chance to save some money on your car insurance? Well, Geico can help. Switch tonight and see all the ways you could save with great rates and discounts. It's really easy. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote and get started seeing how much you could save. Time now for my conversation with Miami's converted catching prospect in the pride of North Dakota State. Here is Bennett Hostetler. Bennett Hostetler. People are going to be like, who the heck is this guy? Mm -hmm. He's in the Miami Marlins system, though. Grew up in Montana, Mm -hmm. went to North Dakota State. Who's more famous, you or Carson Wentz? (laughs) Probably him, by a long shot. What about 10 years from now? We'll see, maybe. But for now, it's him. <laughs> Drafted in the 18th round um, this summer. Grew up in Montana, but go to North Dakota State. Uh, tell us, man, what was life like growing up in Montana? It was cool. It's a very unique place. Um, you know, obviously, there's a ton of stuff to do outside. World-famous ski resorts. Yellowstone National Park is like an hour from my house. You can pretty much drive 15 minutes out of town and be in the middle of nowhere with no cell service. So. It's a, it's a very different place than, than where I'm at currently, but um, you know, I think it was good for me. I think it taught me you know, how to be independent, how to do things on my own. Grew up in the country, dad had you out, family out in the fields. You grew up on a bunch of land, or are you in a city? or? I, was, I grew up in downtown Bozeman, 150 feet from Main Street. So I'm right, right in the center of everything, but you know, like I said, you drive 15 minutes and you're kind of in the middle of nowhere. So there's probably around 50,000 people in Bozeman. So it's a decent sized place, but it's still small enough to where you can, you know, you don't feel like you're in a giant city. What'd you do for fun growing up? My friends and I would go um, to like little city parks and, you know, every every so often or, you know, spread out through the city, there, there'd be basketball courts with like miniature hoops that were kind of shorter. And, you know, we'd, we'd play basketball on those because, you know, we like to dunk it. So, it, I mean, it was nothing too special, but I, I for sure had a pretty good childhood. Can you dunk now? No. No. I haven't, to be honest, I haven't tried in a while. I've dunked the ball one time in my life, <laughs> and I haven't tried since, so. Basketball, baseball, football growing up, you do a little bit of everything? I played all three up until the senior, my senior year of high school. When did you get into baseball, if you were playing all three sports growing up? You know, the first memories I have 
I was playing baseball in the summer. So um, my dad played baseball in college and you know, that's just kind of one thing that him and I have connected on. It was kind of just the first, the first thing that I really loved to do was play baseball and it's kind of carried me throughout. Dad been there for you every step of the way. Mm -hmm. Always there for you, no yep. matter what. Yep, you know, right or wrong, good or bad. He's, I would always get a text after the game. Hey bud, good job. You know, and he was never like an overbearing, you know, like you got to do this, this right. and this, you know, if I wanted help, he would, he would help. But, um, you know, he was more, more supportive and loving than anything. North Dakota State out of high school. Other offers, why there? That was the only scholarship offer I had. I, I could have walked on to Utah. For me, for my family, you know, just that decision of, of going to Fargo was, um, you know, what we decided to do. And I think it was the, you know, the right decision. Maybe it took a little bit longer to get where I wanted to go, but you know, I'm here now, so I don't have any complaints. In college a long time. How mm -hmm. many years you did? Five years. How many degrees we working with? Almost two. I'm 99% done with my second degree. In what? Uh, so I have a degree in sport management and I'm 99% done with business administration. If I go to your baseball reference and look, here's a guy two years in college, things probably could have been going a lot better before mm -hmm. you exploded mm -hmm. late. What were you thinking after your first couple of years of college when things aren't going nearly as well as you probably want them to? I mean, professional baseball was always the end goal. That's just always what I've wanted to do. I had an okay freshman year and then, you know, right in the middle of college. Um, wasn't playing as well as I, as I could have been, but you know, like you said, the, the last year that I was in college, this last spring, everything kind of clicked and, you know, I wasn't doing anything special to, to play that way. It just kind of, everything fell together and it, I was just playing the way I was supposed to be playing. Am I wrong in saying that there's never been a plan B for you then? Like your determination and your mindset is I'm going to play baseball after college and get paid to do it? Yeah, that's always just kind of been the way that I've thought. You know, obviously you get into college and, you know, the same kind of pep talks like, you know, baseball is going to end for everybody and, <laughs> and you know, <laughs> you got to have a talk. career plan and I'd say, okay, yeah, I'll do this, 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 whatever. But to be honest, I never really believed it. And like, I never really expected myself to be done with baseball until I wanted to be done. So, you know, figured out a way to get here and um, just moving forward, I'm, I'm gonna play for as long as I can. Why didn't you believe it? Is it because confidence that you've always had in yourself or was it somebody else on the outside telling you to never quit? It was internal. Yeah. It was just, you know, for me, I 100% believed that I could play professional baseball and that, you know, I could compete and have success at, at this level. And, you know, starting out in the minors, you know, you have success and then obviously the, the path that you keep getting moved up until you get to the major leagues. And that's just something that I've always believed that, you know, obviously coming from where I come from, there's not a lot of proof that people can do it where I'm from, but, you know, if there needs to be a first person that can play professional baseball from somewhere, you know, why not me? Deep down in my heart, you know, I believe that I can be a professional baseball player. And you want to make people proud of you. Mm -hmm. Back home. Yeah. That would mean a lot to you. Mm -hmm. For any particular reason? I guess for my parents, for example, you know, they've put so much time and effort into, you know, when I was younger playing travel baseball, you know, not even baseball, like just sports in general, being an athlete. And for me, an end goal, I just want it to be worth it for them, you know, that that all of their efforts, you know, were worth it. So you say your last year of college wasn't that special. Well, Bennett, you had 394 with on base percentage of 513. Last time I checked, that's okay. Yeah. But when it didn't go well to start, something had to have clicked. What was it? I think that has to do with me being in college for so long. I think just giving 
my body time to kind of get used to adjusting to weightlifting, things like that, you know, becoming more mature mentally at the plate. I think that that's just something that, that I developed over that time. And obviously that last year um, at NDSU, things kind of worked out for me. So you get drafted, 18th round. Ever any doubt at any point you weren't gonna get drafted? Obviously it's nice to get drafted in the first however many rounds, you know, make whatever money you're gonna get. But to me, it, it really didn't matter. As long as I got there, that's that's all that I cared about. So if as I got drafted- somebody gave you a uniform. Mm -hmm. That's all As you long as about. I got drafted, or not even drafted, as, you know, as long as I, I got to go play professional baseball draft or not, I was gonna be happy with it and I was gonna make the most of it. How much did four plus years of college prepare you for professional baseball? From the baseball aspect, I was I was ready to go. I was ready to hit the ground running just because of the fact that I had been in college for so long, like you said, that I've kind of developed my own routine. And you know, I do a good job of being aware of my body and things like that, what I need to do to get ready to play. But that's one thing that helped me baseball wise, um, you know, kind of coming into pro ball and not having any hiccups. What are you thinking? When somebody's like, hey, you're gonna catch, by the way. You ever done this before? You know, everybody catches when they're sure. eight years old or sure, whatever. Sure, sure. That and was the extent of your catching. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I get moved up to Beloit, and I think it might've been like day three or day four. Patrick Osborne, one of the minor league coordinators here, was uh, in the locker room. You know, the coordinators kind of travel around from place to place, and so he was in Beloit at the time, and he came up to me in the locker room, and he was like, hey, will you meet me in the dugout? And he goes, hey, don't, don't get freaked out by this, or, you know. Don't take this That's the wrong way. That's a good way. start. Yeah. Good start. Really good start. Um, <laughs> you know, don't take this the wrong way, but who ever, have you ever caught before? Well, here we go again. And I go, no, like, not really. And then he, you know, he kind of went into the spiel about, you know, catching is good for your career for some people. Catch, you know, making the transition to catcher is good for your career because, you know, pretty much every organization in the major leagues is in need of catching. He said that, you know, an infielder like you, um, you have good feet, you have good hands, soft hands. He said, you know, you can hit. And if you can figure out how to be a good defensive catcher, you're gonna move up really fast. And you know, he, he didn't force me to do it. He was like, it's your decision if you want to. If you don't want to, we'll keep you on the infield. And so, you know, I thought about it. I took maybe a day and a half, two days to, to think about it. And you know, for me, like, it kind of just goes back to, I didn't care. Who, if I got drafted, I didn't care if I got signed, yeah. I just want to play. Before the draft, if you would have said, hey, we'll draft you, but you have to be a catcher, I would have said, all right, I'm a catcher now. Right. Just for the chance to play. Right. So I, that's, that's kind of how I just took that decision on. And this last week has been interesting and it's been challenging and it, you know, it's been fun. Right. But you know, I think it's going about as, as well as it could be for, you know, eight days of being a catcher. Enjoying it after eight days? Yeah, you know, my hips are a little bit more sore than they usually are after baseball practice, but, uh, you know, I'm enjoying learning. We have great guys that, that, that we're working with and, you know, they're, they're obviously patient with me. They know that, okay, this is new for you. This is gonna be new right. for you. You know, try to do this, try to feel this. And you know they've they've done a really great job of you know trying not babying me through it, but you know pushing me through it um, so that I understand it in my own way. Well, Bennett, and I guess for everybody that didn't know who the heck Bennett Hostetler was, uh, congratulations! I know this is probably the Thank first you. time we've really had an opportunity to chat with you. Uh, just good luck catching, I guess. I thank guess you. good 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 luck. You've been doing it thank for eight you. days now. Good luck. But seriously, thank you, and uh, uh, enjoy the ride. And we'll see you soon. I will. Thank you so much.
Thanks again to Bennett Hostetler for joining us. This is a young man that's played shortstop, third base, left field, and most recently this past fall, the organization approached him, and what they see is a young man that could be a really good catcher. So Bennett Hostetler now catching a 24-year-old out of Bozeman, Montana, uh, born back in 1997, drafted by the Marlins in the 18th round last year out of North Dakota State where he had a really, really nice career. So thanks again to Bennett for joining us. Don't forget, and you don't want to miss, sweet savings on hot matchups with the opening day bundle. Score tickets to five games, including opening day, plus a legacy-themed Cafecito Cup set. Save over 30% on select legacy Saturday matchups against National League East rivals. The Marlins are back and better than ever in 2022. They are going to don those awesome legacy uniforms, those red, crisp tops once again this season. They were a hit in 2021, and they are back and better than ever here in 2022. Visit marlins.com slash bundle. marlins.com slash bundle. We're talking about the opening day bundle. Tickets to five games, including opening day, plus a legacy-themed Cafecito Cup set. We are approaching March 31st. That is scheduled to be opening day. Don't miss it. marlins.com slash bundle. All right, when we return, a trio of guests are going to join us, and they're rather new to the Miami Marlins organization. Unique guests, ones you haven't heard from before, stick around. And if you're a bit younger, you could be right where they are, too, down the road. You're listening to Around the Horn on Fox Sports 940 Miami and the iHeartRadio. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Marlins offseason is underway. Around the Horn is on Fox Sports 940 Miami. Because I don't care when I'm with my baby, yeah. Welcome back to Around the Horn on Fox Sports 940 Miami and the iHeartRadio app tonight. I'm Kyle Seeloff. Good to be back with you. Craig Minervini will rejoin us shortly for our terrific final segment called Three Strikes and You're Out. We have heard from Bennett Hostetler. That was a fun conversation uh, and a young man that certainly got a lot of promise in the organization. I'm throwing a little curveball your way tonight here in our third segment. We've got Golly, Cam, and Courtney, and you're going to say, who the heck are these people and why is this interesting? Um, they are part of the new intern class for the Miami Marlins. I thought it would be really cool to grab a few interns and chat with them about their experience today. Somebody tell me, the name of the program is what? The Sport Pathways Internship Program. Sport Pathways Internship Program. You guys are a class of roughly how many? Give me a number, roughly. I want to say 10. 10? Uh, that's Golly. So, Golly. Hi. I, I'm, you know what? You're going to start first. Uh, you're going to tell me who you are, where you're from, what school you go to, and what department you're in. Okay. Now. Okay. So my name is Golly Sharoni. I'm from Long Island, New York. I go to the University of Miami. I'm graduating in May and I'm interning in the communications department. Very good. Cam. Uh, my name's Cam. I'm from uh, Boston, Massachusetts. I uh, go to U- University of Miami. I'm uh, also graduating in May and I'm in the uh, corporate partnerships department. And Courtney. My name is Courtney Chisholm. I'm from Orlando, Florida. Um, I go to Barry University, and I'm in the project management office. And you are also a standout softball player. 
at Barry. Yeah. Yeah. Saw you <laughs> on the TVs inside of the ballpark. Um, all right. I'm just going to fire away and you guys tell me. Anybody can go. Um, what do you want to do in life? Anybody go. I don't care what you're doing now. What do you want to do in life? Where are we going? I want to work in baseball. Doing what? I want to see how I can work in baseball operations. I don't know exactly what part, but something that's always interested me has been analytics. Um, I don't have an analytics degree, so I have to see where that goes, but that's kind of what I want to do. Cam, Courtney? Uh, yeah, I also want to work in baseball. I have lots of experience working uh, in the past because I, uh, being from Boston, the uh, Cape Cod Baseball League is right, mm. right down the road from us where the best uh, college players play in the summer. So I've had lots of experience interning for teams there and then for the commissioner last summer and now working for the Marlins. So awesome. I've been building on, on all that. And I, I want to work on the player uh, player side of baseball. And I assume all three of you are graduating soon, relatively soon, in the next six to eight months or something? Yes. yes. All right. Courtney, what do you want to do? Uh, yeah, to piggyback off of what Golly said, I want to work in the operations side of professional sports. Uh, I'm leaning more towards event ops as of right now. Yeah. Um, but I'm really open to what paths come my way. Uh, are we enjoying the first couple of weeks? What do we think about yeah. the internship so far? I really feel like I'm learning a lot. Like I'm really in working with all of the different departments and learning how much they actually have to offer. Yeah. Yeah. We just, I actually just had a meeting with, um, my advisor for my internship program and I a think lot you of and Golly both did, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of the students were saying that their internships weren't living up to their expectations, but, uh, that's not true for me. I think it's, um, overachieving, I guess my expectations, what they were and like the amount of responsibility that I get on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. yeah, I would say the same. I, I said I participated during our meeting today, um, and I said that I think it's exceeding my expectations and that I really appreciate that I'm being trusted with things so early on. So what's the vibe like in the office? What were your expectations? What's... I was really scared. I've last, Really? Yeah, I just like, I always, I've always wanted to work in a front office, like this and I think it's a lot more like relaxed not like that it's so relaxed that no one gets anything done but everyone's so friendly I think that was my first like takeaway was that everyone was like welcoming and yeah I agree with that completely I was really nervous that people were gonna be like looking at me and be like oh she's an intern don't talk to me like that kind of vibe um, but it's, so it's not, not like, like that? it's not like that at all. No. Hasn't been, Everybody's really friendly. No, there's no clicks that you've noticed. Any uh, any anything in particular that we need to know about? No, vibes been good. Can I think so? Yeah, yeah. I think I've, I've gotten to know a lot more people than I expected to as well because the partnership team works with a lot of different uh, I guess parts of the organization on a week by week basis. All right. So, what was your guys' perception of the organization? Are y'all baseball fans? Mm -hmm. All three yes. of you, I mean, you're playing softball. You grew up in Boston, obviously. Golly, you grew up in New York. So you all like baseball. Yeah. Uh, what was your perception, I guess, of the Marlins coming in or, like, maybe even potentially working here? Well, I don't know if this is exactly what you're asking, but I, when I pictured the office, I never pictured that every department would share an office. I don't know if that's a silly thing to no. think. I just, like, that's also what I appreciate is that I'm meeting people in different departments especially since I'm still figuring out exactly what I want to do. It's nice that I can connect with all these different people. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think it's nice to, as I just said, like meeting all the different departments because I'm not sure what I want to do at the end either yet. 
So having all these people with like experience and from other organizations around me is very important. Yeah, Courtney, so, your perception of the organization? Honestly, the biggest surprise for me was finding out that the front office is literally like under the stadium. Like that part was just like mind blowing to me. Like See, even when I get in the elevator now, I'm right. like, wow, I can literally just go up one floor and I'm at the stadium. And like, this is why I wanted to chat with you guys, because I think it's unique that there are a ton of kids in college that want to work in Major League Baseball. They might not have any idea how to apply or how to get into it. But I think you're saying some cool things that people just don't think about. So what what made you guys apply? Like, why do you think? You just do an internship credit, so we just doing this to get this out of the way, or like, why'd you apply? I I was actually waiting and waiting and waiting for the Marlins like internship program why? to be released. Well, I interned here last summer with the security company that oh. the Marlins contract. It's best security, and I got experience being at the ballpark. And at first, I just I couldn't believe that I it was my job to come to a baseball game. Like it was the coolest mm-hmm. thing in the world, and. That ended in August, and I had more classes to take in the fall. And all I wanted once I got back into class was to be working again. Like I, and so I did that last summer here, and I wanted to be back here. So th- I think it was sent out in like October. Our advisor sent it to us. I'm sure it was the same thing for mm-hmm. Barry. And I applied that night. Like I canceled all my plans. I applied, and here I am. Why'd you apply, Cam? Just hear uh, about it. What's the deal? I, well, I'm a huge baseball fan, obviously, but I also think the Marlins are going in a, a really good direction right now, and there's a lot of room for growth and promise for the future. So all those things kind of excited me, and then the program just sounded like it was a great fit and would give me responsibilities to like grow as a professional and take on more responsibilities as time kind of went on. Yeah, Courtney? Yeah, I mean, since starting at Barry my freshman year, I've been coming to as many Marlins games that I can attend. And they have a program for students? The, yeah, they yeah. do. They do. Right. Yeah, good. I just went to the Barry night last September. Nice, it was such and they a do good like time. Five dollar tickets for all schools. So yeah. you guys knew Certain about it nights. though. Yeah, yeah, good. So once this internship like became available, it was literally my dream internship from my freshman year. So right when it became available, I applied. You guys like being called interns. I did it in 2013. I don't mind it. It doesn't bother you? This is probably, knock on wood, the last time I'll ever be called an intern. Yeah? It doesn't bother you? I know it bothers some people. They want to be called like associates or something. I guess if you don't mind it, then, uh, well, whatever. Um, Let's see. What are you most excited about? The season. Well, yeah, hopefully (laughs) that's coming. But is there anything in particular? Honestly, my the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to is making connections with everybody here. You know, I I want to network myself as much as possible right. and really learn about the different roles that everybody has here and how everything works together within the organization because you can't really replicate something like this like so, outside of sports. So what are you hoping for when it's all said and done? I'll start with you, Cam. Uh, I would say that I want to meet as many people in the organization, and I want to, uh, uh, <laughs> I guess. Hey, people are walking by. Yeah. We're in a conference room. <laughs> I guess uh, in the stadium for game day, I want to get as much like game day experience as I can get and see like activations for my department, like how the activations go, how the clients like that we bring in, like communicate with the front office, I guess. Yeah. So to see all those relationships develop and see how successful they are. Uh, throughout the season, I guess, is my major excitement. And, I mean, so far I've been working on things that will be published and put into guides and media 
like that sort of stuff. And I'm just excited to see my work like come to fruition once. Like, and especially everything else that I'll end up doing. It's so exciting to think that I'll be able to look at a media guide and be like, wow, I actually like helped out with that. Because as a kid, I'd go to a baseball game and I would beg my parents to pay the $15 to buy the media guide, even though they were like, why, no one's ever gonna read this. But I would, and so like I wanna make that experience for kids. Too. So probably, Cam, it goes back to a little bit of what you said. You guys were in your meeting with your professors. Some students are out there like grabbing coffee. You yeah. feel like appreciated? Yeah. You feel yes. like you're actually yeah. learning something? For sure. The work that we're actually putting in is actually going to come out into play with whatever our final projects are, and that's so cool. Right, and you're going to get out of it what you put into it. Exactly. What was your perception of working in sports before you started here? I mean, Cam, you've had some experience. Miguel, you interned here last year, but what was your perception of working in sports? I think there's a stigma, and there's always the same things you hear, right? It's like you're not going to get paid anything. Like it's a grind. You're not appreciated. I mean, what what, what was your perception? Perception. I mean, that part of it's a grind. It definitely is a grind. Are you going to work nine to six and just watch every game, all eighty-one games, like still? It, it is a grind, but you have to appreciate the grind. Like you're putting in all this time, but you're going to see it all come out. So it's totally worth it. Yeah. Right. I've always heard, like, if you want to work in sports, it's the hours. That's what people – no one really complains, though. Like, people will tell you it's the hours, and I guess from my freshman year of college, I was prepared, and not only just prepared, I'm just so happy to be here that the hours are just – I'm like, give me more hours. Yeah. Like, if you love <laughs> it, you love it. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoy the time. I think it's fun. I worked for the Dolphins in the fall. And I was you've been up, all over, man. Yeah, I was up at the games <laughs> at four. Uh, I was up for four thirty in the morning every game day. But if it's fun, it's fun and like important mm-hmm. to you. So it doesn't really matter what time you're up. You're just getting your feet wet. But can you envision working in sports for the rest of your life? Or you're like, eh, maybe in twenty years. For like, sure. For yeah. 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 For sure. Mm-hmm. Anything you guys want to know? I did this in 2013. Do you have any questions for me? Do we have anything that needs to not be, that needs to be answered that uh, hasn't been? What do we got? Nothing. We're good. What we, was your position? I interned in the broadcast department. They had a broadcasting intern? They had a broadcasting. They used the department or the intern program used to be a little bigger. And I interned in the broadcast department. Figured I was going to be on my merry way after a year. And Got then stuck. the guy, this is what you got to know. You always got to get a little lucky. It doesn't matter how hard you work. Mm-hmm. It's a vicious industry. I got a little lucky. The manager of broadcasting at the time left for ESPN. And I went to my boss at the time and I lied. I was like, I know everything that guy knows how to do. I'm going to do it. I knew nothing, but I was like, I'm going to figure it out. (laughs) But you got to get a little lucky. Were you always interested in broadcasting? I was personally, yeah. So The whole time, never any other route. I don't have a plan B. I don't know if this doesn't end well. I have no idea what's going to (laughs) happen. You're going to find me on the street I think corner. you might be okay. Yeah, so you guys going to watch all the games this year whenever we get going? Definitely. Yeah. For sure. Cam, you have to. For the partnerships department, they're here a lot. Golly, you're going to be upstairs. Yeah. Courtney, I guess you'll be able to when you want, right? Yeah. Nice. I'll be there. All right, guys. This has been fun. I hope people uh, maybe know a little more. It's a great intern program. It's mm-hmm. awesome. You know, there's been a lot of people that have come through here as interns and have immediately gone out and gotten full-time jobs, sports, not in sports. It's an awesome opportunity. I bring you guys on because there's probably going to be people listening out there, uh, maybe have sons or daughters or they're in college now and they stumble upon it. Uh, give it a shot. Apply. You never know what's going to happen. So, golly, Cam, Courtney, thanks. I appreciate it. Thank you, Thank you. for having us.
All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, Craig Minervini rejoins us. Three strikes and you're out. Coming up next on Fox Sports 940 Miami and the iHeartRadio. The Miami Marlins Around the Horn Show with Kyle Seeloff is on Fox Sports 940 Miami. Back here on Around the Horn on Fox Sports 940 Miami and the iHeartRadio app tonight. I'm Kyle Seeloff. Craig Minervini is with us, and it's time now for my favorite segment of the week. It's Three Strikes and You're Out, brought to you by Loop. Baseball cards don't have it off-season. You can check out the number one sports card app at Loop. That's L-O-U-P-E, Loop with a P, L-O-U-P-E dot cards, Loop dot cards. All right, Craigie, this is my favorite. I'm going to say strike one, strike two, strike three. It's kind of like a rapid-fire trivia. I've uh, I've put some good one in, good ones in here for you. So you ready? Okay, I think. All right, well, we're going to find out. Strike one. Give me a bucket list sporting event you'd love to call. Um, game seven of the Stanley Cup final, game seven World Series. Okay, I'm in on game seven of the Stanley Cup finals. I think hockey might be one of the hardest sports to broadcast. I'm fascinated by the job that those guys do. It's unbelievable to me. Um, I'm a huge nut for golf. I would love to call the final Sunday round of the Masters. Very good. Very good. That's a good one. Strike two. If you were given an all-expenses-paid trip to anywhere in the world, where would you go? I think I'd like to go to Fuji. It looks so, so enticing when you see those movies. One of those spots. And what would you do there? Just hang out on the beach? I can't reveal that on this show. This is a family show. <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> yeah, a little beach. Maybe a couple of drinks. <laughs> uh, all right. Very good. Uh, I'm a little out there. This is mine. I want to go to northern Norway. It's one of the only places in the world you can go on an orca safari and go in the water with orcas. Well, that's pretty cool. And see the aurora... Borealis, what is it called? Yes, there you go. That's an added perk. I love orca whales. I think those things are fascinating. That's a great one. But it's not fair. You've been thinking about this orca trip forever. No, not too long. Tahitian Island. That's a a good one. Wow. You know, if you could, if you could get me there, I'd love to go to the moon. I would love to look back on that earth. In fact, I don't even need to go to the moon. There you go. Put me up and let 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 me go around the earth. And see, wow, I love looking. I just got on one of these astronomy things on, on uh, Twitter, and I, I love looking at shots of the Earth. And people always said, uh, one of the astronauts went to the moon. They always said, what about the moon? What about the moon? But nobody talked about the view back. That was the key. Oh, my God, that's the Earth. I think that's fascinating. So give me a trip around the, around somehow. I, okay, I totally agree with you there. And we are headed towards a time where if you've got the proper funds – they're sending you up there in about 11 minutes. You can get up there far enough and look back around, <laughs> and you can see us sitting down here on planet Earth. So I don't think we're too yeah. far off from a time where if you've got the necessary funds, uh, you can take yeah. a quick trip to orbit and look back and then come back. You know, I called Bally, and they're working on redoing my contract for that reason, to <laughs> yeah. send me around. The, the, so we're, we're, that may happen. Uh, I'll let you know. You could report. Uh, it's middle of July. <laughs> it's a Tuesday game against the Pirates, and uh, you're doing the pregame show. Hey, no, seriously, show. Kyle, seriously. I'm not kidding. Three times to do the Marlins pregame show, at least me up, in the blimp in Pompano Beach over the old stadium. And for whatever reason, I drove out there three times. There was wind. There was rain. Something happened. 
and we never wound up going up. I was supposed to go up there and actually do a portion, a good chunk of the pregame show, and maybe do, in the blimp. The, actually, the captain was from Syracuse University. We never got up. Oh. That was my closest spot, maybe. I know. Never happened. The blimp, and there's a lot of room to operate once you get up there. The, the little cabin's a nice, it, you know, there's some square footage up there. Not bad. The only problem was I think the captain told me, captain, me, and the cameraman. I'm like, hmm, are these tough to fly? What happens if something happens? What if it's his day? But it's not my day. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> there's, not a, there's not a co-pilot. We got two guys on the, on the blimp. But anyway, we never we never wound up going up. Uh, <laughs> um, strike three. If you had a time machine, what part of history would you go back to? I think I'd like to go back to. This may not be far enough for some people. The early 1900s. Oh my God, Craig, uh, you took we, mine. Oh, is that yours? I, I just think that everything was developing here, and, and things were so new and. And I'm even thinking of watching Babe Ruth play one day. You know, I'd like to see him swing. I think my father did. My father was born in 1921. I believe he, uh, he certainly saw Babe Ruth. He was a huge fan. Huge New York. He still recited the entire New York Giants team roster. So I, I, and then plus all the things that were going on at that time. And, and the technology and, and uh, the greatest generation. So that, I think that's what I would go back to. You too? Yeah. And I, I would, to put a little spin on it, I'm a real sucker when I find these on like Twitter and Instagram for old pictures. So as you know, growing up in New York, when I see pictures from the early 1900s, the industrial period that's in black and white, but yeah. you see Times Square in New York City with millions of parking spaces available and people just frolicking. And it seemed very peaceful, but hardworking and people creating lives for themselves. I've always been fascinated yeah. by that time because you go there now i will still say to the day i die new york city is the greatest place on planet earth new yorkers can be tough as hell they can push you down and walk over you and they'll keep on going and not think twice um but i love seeing old pictures of new york city so i would love to be back there in the early 1900s mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah my parents would used to go i mean they were, they were not with us anymore but they had nice long productive lives and they grew up in, in that era and uh, my mom used to say she'd just take the subway and, and go watch shows. And, and the city was, you know, they were just, just kind of coming alive. People were coming over to Ellis Island, like my uh, ancestors. And uh, they were pretty close to that uh, first group coming over there. So, yeah, it was a neat time. My son actually, ironically, just moved to New York City. Oh. And I've never lived in New York City, though I grew up on, the, on Long Island. You were pretty darn close. Hey, buddy, it's been yeah. awesome to see you. Um, I thank you for doing this, and hopefully we're playing a little ball soon and uh, we can sit down and watch a game together. Absolutely. I hope so. Thanks. All right, that's all the time we've got for you tonight. For Ricardo Wanche back home at the Fox Sports 940 Miami studio and Craig Benervini, I'm Kyle Seeloff. So long and good night. I'll be back with you next Thursday on your home for Marlins baseball, Fox Sports 940 Miami, and the iHeartRadio app. 